Welcome to Caregivers Haven Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping families who are caregivers of a loved one with a mental illness gain peace of mind. Even though this is a podcast focused on family caregivers of the mentally ill, much of the discussion can be helpful to any caregiver. Your host is Sandra, your caregiver nurse consultant who as a family caregiver shares her passion for helping others and her lived experiences as a caregiver to provide education, support, and resources to other families. Sandra is a registered nurse and many of her guests are healthcare professionals. However, this is not a professional podcast, nor are we associated with any mental health counseling or medical doctor. Please seek help with the professional provider if needed. caregivers how are you excuse my hair I tried to fix it for this video but I just came back from my morning walk so it's a little uh, messy but anyway um, I just had my morning walk and I just figured now is as good a time as any to tell you about episode 20 on caregivers haven podcast um, we're continuing our back to the basics of self-care theme and today we're going to be talking about back to the basics of self-care and exercise and I had a discussion with Miss Stephanie Marie from Stephanie Marie Coaching, and she's going to talk all about exercise and the importance of it pertaining to self-care and caregivers. It was a really good discussion. And so for me, exercise is not my thing. Like, I don't really care for it. I'm the oddball in my house because my husband and my four children all did sports like in high school and college, but me, not so much. Um, I just, just not my thing. I can remember a time my husband brought a treadmill home and he was like, oh, hey, let me show you how this works. And I was like, no, thank you. You guys go ahead and enjoy that. Or my friends would be like, oh, let's go join a gym. And I'll be like, in my head, I wouldn't say it out loud, but in my head, I'd be like, ew. Well, unless the gym had Zumba. I love Zumba. And like for years I did Zumba. Um, the, the park that I went to, I loved the Zumba teacher. I've taken Zumba in many different places, but she was like the best. And there were three of us. We would leave work and go to Zumba class together. And then my other two friends, they went more consistent than I did. There would be times when months would go by and I couldn't go because of work or whatever other clashes and schedule I had. But I went pretty consistently over a few years. And I'll still be going, except that our Zumba teacher got married, had a baby, and moved out of state. Can you believe that? I mean, like the nerve of her. I'm just kidding. Nick, you know I love you and I'm really, really happy for you. But that's the only reason I stopped going. But I'm really proud of myself because this year, from December 2020 until now, I've been walking consistently. I had to start off really, really slow because of my back spasms and all those issues. But I've been going pretty consistently. So now I walk, like it takes me 40 minutes to walk two miles or an hour to walk three miles, which Maybe slow for some of you guys, but for me, it's awesome because I couldn't before do anything. And um, it hasn't, I haven't really lost a lot of weight. However, my um, resting heart rate and my blood pressure have come down. So I'm really, really happy about that. And my doctor's really happy about that. And it's been consistent, but I do have an accountability buddy. So I would suggest anybody starting off. First, talk to your doctor, of course, but then also get an accountability buddy because um, I go with my son and he really helps me and motivates me to keep going when I don't feel like it or I think it's too cold or something. He really motivates me. Another thing that makes walking easy in addition to having an accountability buddy is if you have great scenery. So if you're watching this episode on my YouTube channel, you'll see pictures of when I was in Maui and Hawaii 
I went for a walk even when I was there. And this particular day, it was quite warm and the walk was uphill, but the scenery was so beautiful. It didn't matter. Um, it just made the walk so beautiful and it made it easy, even though it was warm and we were going uphill. So great scenery, a great environment also makes your walk easier. So today, I, I hope you all enjoyed the episode. One of the things Stephanie said is that exercise is medicine. And I had really never thought of it that way. You know, most people exercise because they want to lose weight or they want to look a certain way or they want a certain body image. But she talks about exercise being medicine and exercise being part of self-care. Sit back and enjoy it. So stand by. Here she is. Hey, caregivers, how are you today? Um, I hope you're taking some time to rest, relax, and rejuvenate because remember, we cannot take care of our loved ones if we're not taking care of ourselves. So today, I'm so excited. We're still in the Back to the Basics series, and today we're going to talk about exercise. And I have someone here who, in my mind, I'm still envisioning this little kid who um, our families went to church together, and I haven't seen her for a really long time, so I'm still envisioning her as this little girl, but she's a grown intelligent, healthy woman now. And so it's just, it's just so funny to see her because um, I hadn't seen her for a long time. So anyway, hi, Stephanie. Hi. Hi, everybody. So, <laughs> so I'm going to read her bio so you guys can, um, can get to know her a little bit better. Um, she's Stephanie. Stephanie, she's a health enthusiast and fitness expert helping people who are not well become well through lifestyle interventions for the mind, body, and soul. She has been in the health and fitness industry for over 12 years, specializing in chronic disease management for people living with heart, lung, and metabolic disease. Stephanie has also served her community as a health educator, teaching on health and how to lower risk for disease on a daily basis. Through her signature consultations, clients are not only reaching goals, but gaining strength, stamina, vitality, and love for self as they power through life. And so it looks like your actual um, title is a registered clinical exercise physiologist. Yes, that's a mouthful to say. And, <laughs> I, and I try not to say often only because it is, I don't like, it's just too much. For, <laughs> okay. All those big words. <laughs> yeah, and no one really knows what it means anyway. So I just kind of word it. And that's a, your, your master's prepared, right? That's a master's prepared degree. Yes, yes, wow. it's a, master's degree in exercise physiology and the um, certification also requires a master's and clinical hours working with that particular population. Um, so it's, it's just interesting to see how exercise helps heart disease, lung disease. You're like, wow, like you just did a bout of exercise and this is what happens. How crazy. Who knew? <laughs> right. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. I, so I, uh, <laughs> I'm not into exercise. I live in a house. Well, they're not, I mean, all my children, are, they're adults. They're not all here, but they were all athletes. My husband, athlete, me, not so much. I just, um, I love Zumba, <laughs> but I, I just recently started walking and I'm really excited about it because um, I had to start off really slow because I have really bad back spasms and sciatica. And so I could, I couldn't hardly walk regular, let alone go walking, but I'm up to um, two miles today, two miles now, and I'm excited because I'm actually, so my weight is coming down, it's coming down slowly, but what I have noticed, which is really important, is that my blood pressure and my resting heart rate are coming down. 
and mm -hmm. I'm just walking. I'm not doing all this, you know, all this other stuff. I'm just walking and it's, it's helping. So I'm really excited. Oh, yes. Yes, that is probably one of the biggest things um, that is noticed with exercise. And one of the easiest things to have come down is your blood pressure, your heart rate with training. And it's, um, I kind of love watching it happen. Uh, it'll stay low for up to like 18 hours. So if you exercise in the morning, the blood pressure is going to stay level for the wow. whole day. If you do it again the next day and the next day and you're managing your blood pressure, um, in addition to if you're on medication, so now your blood pressure is getting lower and then now the medication has to be adjusted to a lower dose because you are walking mm -hmm. and giving your daily dose of natural medicine, which is exercise. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. So my audience um, is caregivers. Um, and a lot of times, not a lot of times, most caregivers that I talk to are like tired and sometimes irritable and frustrated. And so can we talk about how exercise can possibly help with like mood and boost your energy, that Ooh. type of thing? Because I know they, I know that that's a challenge for all of us caregivers. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's a challenge. It's something that's very common too. There's a lot of things coming out now with research and just the exercise community is that people are starting to exercise because it makes them feel good. So it's no longer... I'm trying to look a certain way or cosmetic. It's like, I actually feel better when I exercise. And part of that huge feeling is our mood, how we enter the day, right? And then how we're going about it phys you know, physically with our energy. And with exercise, you know, we know that it, it produces endorphins. We, we know this, we know things about exercise, but we also may not understand that exercise also stimulates anti-inflammatory and um, antioxidants too in the body just by exercising. And those two things being anti-inflammatory and antioxidative, these are providing us energy by ridding our body of toxins and just things that are weighing us down. So if you do have not that great of a diet, you know, you're uh, eating things that may be high in fat or sugar, and that can make, give us a quick burst of energy, but then we bottom out and we tire out. But with exercise, the anti-inflammatory antioxidative capacities are combating those things from our food. Um, it's turning something that was poor quality into something that is somewhat of better quality by getting rid of the, the what we call free radicals in the body. So mm -hmm. when we get rid of those radicals, our energy comes up, inflammation comes down. Um, and of course, now this is probably the, the challenge with it though, is that exercise has to be a, of a worthy amount of time to do or a certain amount of intensity in order to reap these benefits. And that is part of the issue. Um, for those who use energy as a barrier to exercise, telling them to do a moderate to vigorous type of exercise routine sounds like a chore. It sounds like a huge challenge. Um, but one thing I love about exercise is that you don't have to do all this like hit style workouts to get a good one. You can literally go outside and walk and just increase your speed of walking or try to set a, a time goal. Like, oh, I did two miles today. It took me this amount of time. What if I shaved my time by a couple minutes? So trying to trick the system in a way that's going to give you a more intense workout with something that you're already doing and something that you're already good at. So you don't have to seek out a new hit workout on Instagram that some girl mm -hmm. who clearly 
like she could run a marathon like that, you know, because that can be discouraging as well. Um, and then that, that's going to prove your mood about your perception of your day, your abilities, what you can do. So it's just this cycle, but how we feed that cycle in our mind is important. And that way we can get that runner's high feeling that we all kind of know about. Um, and it's that thing that makes us feel lighter and clear minded. We can breathe. And when our lungs are expanded, when we breathe, we feel like our mind can breathe, our soul can breathe. That's going to help reduce stress, boost our mood and give us energy and remind us that, you know, what, I do have energy. And then when we relate, I am energy to our day versus trying to find it, just calling ourselves what it is that we desire. We finally have it. And then, then we have ex, uh, energy to exercise, do more. So it, it's just depending on what cycle you want to feed. Do you want to use exercise to boost the mood and energy? Because it will. Or use exercise as a chore. Because it could be that too. Mm -hmm. it's just <laughs> that, well, that's how it felt when I first started. It felt like a chore. And I would hear about this runner's high. And I would feel like, mm -hmm. oh, pe you know, people like felt better. I felt horrible. It was, and all I was doing was walking. But again, I, I had a bad back and I, I mean, I was coming off of, I had been taken off work because I literally barely could walk. And I was so slow at first. And, and there's this one part where I walk, I walk around the park and there's an incline and I would literally want to cry. I would have to, um, I would, I would, I have my headphones and I would turn on this one song. Have you heard this song? Um, when you do it by Corinne Hartmorn, I would, I would turn that song on every time I would go up the hill and I was like, okay, help me get up this hill. It was horrible. But now it's been, and um, for those of you out there to try to have an accountability buddy, that would help. But um, I, I just, I was like, what are people talking about? The exercise gives them energy or, you know, this runner's high. First of all, I wasn't running, I was walking, but I was saying that to say it's been six months now. And it's like now, like when I sweat, like, I mean, before it's like, ill, like, but now when I sweat, like it feels so good. And if I don't go walking, I actually miss it. Um, yeah. And I have improved my, um, my time a little bit. You know, I still can't like go as fast as the person who I walk with, but still it's, it's much better. But I, it, it's taken me six months, but now I'm like, oh, okay. Now I see how this really can help your energy or, oh, I, I do see how this, how people say they get addicted to it. Cause I'm like, I miss when I don't sweat, like, but um, so for all of you out there, when you, when you try something, just, it, it may take a minute. It may take a minute before you feel better. You may feel, you know, like, oh my God, this is a chore or, or whatever, but um, I'm a witness. I'm not, a, I'm not an athlete or exerciser. I'm a witness. It took me six months, but I do feel better. I do feel um, a little bit more energy and I, I'm, I'm getting addicted to that sweating. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And it's just about, acknowledging exercise for what it's going to do. It does take time. We're not going to be extremely fit after two days of working out. You know, it, it takes its time and it develops. And that's the beauty of it because, you know, we understand the concept of growth takes time. Like, you know, the growth mindset is so popular in our culture right now. Um, but we have to also relate that same patience to exercise in our body, giving it grace to do what it needs to do. Um, especially if we've been sedentary for most of our lives. So we're fighting X amount of years of, I'll call it what it is, laziness. We're fighting that or we're fighting other barriers that, you know, prevented us from actually pursuing a fit lifestyle. So you got to give it some time, but it's happening. We just can't see it, but mm -hmm. it's happening. <laughs> Thank you for that. So mm -hmm. um, my next question is, 
a lot of caregivers have trouble with insomnia, you know, whether, whether it's insomnia or whether it's the, the person they're caring for waking them up during the night for, you know, for different things. Um, I know we, we have a lot of um, interrupted sleep here for that reason, um, or they're just up worrying about the person that they're taking care of at night. And so can physical activity help with that? Cause I, we get, I, I hear people talk about that a lot and people ask me questions about that a lot insomnia. Yes, um, it's definitely something that um, is important, you know, with caregiving, at, you're, you're available, right? You are on the clock. Um, and a longer than, you know, probably me who works, you know, eight, eight to five or something, I can clock out but with caregiving. It's tough to clock out, even if you truly are away from the person that you're giving care to. Like how you said, you're up worrying about that person because you care so much. Like the caregiver's heart is so special. And um, exercise absolutely helps with sleep. You know, it relaxes the entire body because, you know, we think like, oh, my heart rate's up, my blood pressure's up, I have blood flow coming to my skin. So you think of exercise as this high energy requirement and that's gonna keep you like that, but it also relaxes. So um, as, as caregivers, I imagine that it can be stressful. And so when you're stressed out, your body is uh, preparing itself to do something. And in order to prepare, you have to produce energy. And so your body's holding all of this energy. And so why not give it to exercise? And so what I do, um, even though I may not have a caregiver's role, but I do have uh, struggles in insomnia and staying up late and not being able to take myself to sleep. So what I found in a personal routine and what others have done also in the field is that I'll get up and move my body. If I'm not sleep and I'm just laying in bed, wait, you know, awake, get up and move. You're entered, there's energy in your body and it has to go somewhere. So why not move it, release that energy from my body and then try to go back to sleep. So a lot of people say, well, you shouldn't work out or do go to the gym right before sleep. I'm not, I'm just taking the energy that I have while I'm laying in bed and putting it somewhere else to exert it. That way I can get to bed a little bit better. Um, other things that I've encouraged clients to do or past patients when I've worked, um, with uh, more of the clinical population is that if you're laying in bed, do, um, it's called progressive muscle relaxation. And basically you're laying there flat, hands, you know, palms up, just staring at the wall, right? Cause you can't sleep. Start from your feet and work yourself all the way up to your head. What you're gonna do is you're gonna uh, flex um, your feet, pointing, relax, pointing, and then start to contract your muscles, then relax them, and starting in your legs, um, contract, relax, contract, relax. And the next thing you know, you're probably asleep because now your brain is focused on contracting and relaxing these muscles, so you don't have time to think about X, Y, Z. So you're rerouting the thoughts in your brain, reducing that anxiety about whoever you're caring for. Did you set up the day for tomorrow? Will they have their breakfast? Will they have their pills? Do we have this? Do we have that? You're taking that anxiety and putting it towards contract, relax, contract, relax. Because it does take a mind-body connection to do that effectively. And then now you're also taking that built-up energy and putting it into contraction because in order to contract, you need some energy to do it. You need the sugar, you need the muscle, um, the motor system to do it. Then you relax it. The relaxing releases the energy. Then you do it again. 
relax it, releasing energy. And then now because you decide to make those decisions to refocus your brain, refocus the uh, physical energy, you're going to sleep. I've had a lot of people are just like, I barely get up to my arms because I was, I stopped at my like ankles or I stopped at my <laughs> eyes contracting um, and relaxing. And it does help. And it's, it's going to take some time to practice because any type of relaxation technique takes practice and it takes um, strategy to figure out how this fits for you. Um, but yeah, like if you can't sleep and you're laying in bed, go move your body, go up and do something. And then you'll see like, oh, now I'm tired. Okay, let me go to bed. And when you are tired, here's a tip too. If you're tired, close your eyes, go to bed, remove light from the room, turn off the television, um, make it dark because that absence of light stimulates our melatonin. So we need that to help us get to sleep. And, and so far, so good. I mean, I, I've been improving my sleep, so I hope caregivers out there make it important, make it um, a part of your day, setting a boundary around your sleep time so that you can care for the next day. And Shavasana, um, it's a yoga practice. Maybe you've heard of dead man's, dead man's pose, but you're just mm -hmm. literally laying flat on the floor and um, you know, with your legs spread and your hands open. And you're supposed to just try to clear your mind. It's not, you're, you don't wanna go to sleep during it, but you're just trying to clear your mind. But sometimes I have a hard time getting to that point where I can clear my mind. So I'm thinking if I start like maybe flexing and you know my muscles first, like you're saying, that, that will probably help me clear my mind quicker and get into that relaxation state. Um, and it's just trying to get you into a relaxation state before you go to sleep so that you can really have some, some good, um, good sleep, good mm -hmm. constructive sleep and really rest and relax and let your cells and your mind rejuvenate while you're asleep. And I, I, I really like it, but I think I'm going to um, combine the two, but I think either one of those, for all of you out there who are struggling with insomnia, I think either one of those two things will really um, help you sleep and, mm -hmm. and, and get rid of some of that worry and, and insomnia that you're having. Yep. So you're, you're throwing out some good gems here, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we kind of already talked about um, my next question because it, I was just talking about how my blood pressure and resting heart rate have decreased. And so is there um, anything else that you want to add as far as physical activity of um, helping health issues? Yeah, um, yeah, of course. Um, so ex uh, I believe that exercise is medicine for the body. That's like the basis of what I've been taught um, in school. And I, I actually, that's how I fell in love with exercise and clinical exercise, because I saw how not just with blood pressure or the heart rate coming down, but exercise lowers blood sugar. Exercise mm -hmm. helps, like I, I mentioned that anti-inflammatory response. And what's crazy about the unique design of our bodies and the design of exercise, it's so cool that there's this um, inflammatory marker, it's called um, IL-6, has, you know, science-y words, um, that, so we shorten it, right, IL-6, abbreviations, because we don't know how to say these words, right. um, so IL-6 is pro-inflammatory, it raises inflammation in the body, it's one of several other inflammatory markers, however, when IL-6 is released from an exercising muscle, it becomes anti-inflammatory. It will now fight against its own people. You know, it's mm -hmm. like it, it's 
exercise, but only when it's from an exercising muscle. And I think that is a beautiful thing. That's something that was deemed to be against me and my body, a physiological process that is set in stone to call for trouble. There's a cut, there's a scrape, there's a bruise, there's injury to the body. Um, like in uh, diabetes, like in atherosclerosis, like in heart disease and lung disease, so many other things. That's what inf inflammation does. It recognizes a problem and it tries to send help to fix it. But that's not, we don't want that all the time. And that's where chronic inflammation contributes to disease. But something that was set out to be a negative is now the same thing is now turned into a positive because I chose to exercise. So once again, it's not a cosmetic thing. It's something that is going on in the inside of my body that is changing the inner workings to work out for my good because I decided to walk today. I decided to lift a couple weights and get into a routine of honoring my bones, my muscles, my heart, all of those things combined. And I'm lowering inflammation, I'm fighting against disease, in addition to looking good, you know, for the day, like what? It's amazing. And it's just about becoming efficient, being efficient at what your body was designed to do. It was designed to walk. You can run, you can lift weights, those who are able. And um, for those who aren't, for even for those caregivers who care for people who are disabled, who may not, who may have, be amputees or who may be, um, stricken to a wheelchair or some type of assisted device, there are still opportunities for them to have that same effect of anti-inflammatory from an exercising muscle. There are ways to work this system to where I can still move my body. If I don't have working capabilities in my legs, I still have my arms and I can still reap the benefit. If I am, um, you know, having a walker, I will use my walker and walk down the street safely, of course, and there are our parameters for those things, but um, it's not just the blood pressure and heart rate um, and your heart becoming efficient, it's your tissues responding to something so positive as just simply moving your body. Never mind nutrition, we can talk nutrition on a different day, mm -hmm. but just with exercise alone. So even if you have a bad diet and all that, exercising alone can still help. Um, that way you don't have to worry about, oh, I got a meal prep, I gotta do this, like just go out for a walk and you're gonna do your body really, really good. You're fighting against so many different things, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, even lowering the inflammation from your um, fat cells, because there's two different kinds of fat cells. And there's one that is really irritated and grows. And that's how we increase the body fat on, on ourselves. And there's another type of fat cell who loves exercise because it shrinks. It comes down, it calms itself down to where it's not irritated and agitated, releasing um, toxins into the body or growing itself. It needs exercise to shrink and to be okay and to be calm and not frantic. And so exercise helps those things. Um, all because we just decided to go on a walk today, a good walk, put on our walking shoes or hop on the treadmill at home or I have a bike right here behind me that I bought during quarantine. I was just like, you know what, the gym is closed, but Amazon's not. So <laughs> an exercise bike and hop on it while I'm here in the house, mm -hmm. you know, so finding those opportunities and, and tricks and life hacks around it so like you can keep yourself healthy. It's not about being this triathlete or a bodybuilder. That's not health. That's just, okay, great. You can, you know, lift X amount of pounds, kudos, but I'm talking about keeping myself alive, you know, and, and that's like the beauty of exercise is that it does that. So 
that is huge because I know in the past I have gotten um, discouraged from seeing all these people and all these things who, you know, they're, they're already like so tiny and they look so healthy and all that. And I'm always thinking like, I've never looked like that even when I was younger. And so it's kind of like, it, it can be discouraging because you're like, how, you know, how long is it going to take me to look like that? Or I'm not even exercising to look like that. I'm just trying to be healthy. And I, and I think that that can be discouraging to people. So I'm, I'm really happy that you brought that up, that it's not just for a good looking body, it's for your overall health. And it's, it's, to, keep, it's to prevent you from getting disease. And um, yeah. I, I think that that's huge because I'm, I'm sure that I'm not the only person who's gotten discouraged over that. I know um, it can be hard if you're like 50 pounds overweight and you're watching someone who's already perfect, then it, it can be discouraging because you can feel like I can never get to that. But we have to think in our mind, we're doing that. It's going to help me right now, whether I look like that or not. It's what you're saying. It's like, it's going to help your body start healing already. Yes, absolutely. And just to, you know, put a cherry on top to that is, you know, I've had patients who used to be bodybuilders and boom, heart disease sets in. Patients who used to be, you know, quote unquote, what we would see fit, right? Um, but they still weren't taking care of themselves. So it's, exercise and being in the gym and going hardcore and getting this certain kind of body type is all fun and games. But if you're not in, uh, looking at the body as an entire piece, you know, of, of you're, you're the pie exercise is only a piece of it, but you need it in order to be complete. Right. So there's other pillars of health that take into to place. So if we see a woman online or uh, walking down the street or maybe the girl who's we're we're on our, our evening walk and the lady running at us is like super fit right sports bra shorts and she's got abs for days you know we see her um you know let that not discourage you because we don't know what's going on the inside of her body i mean she's choosing to take care of it and honoring through exercise but there's so many other pieces that contributing to one, keeping you out of the hospital, keeping you healthy. Um, because I've seen that same body type in cardiac rehab, mm -hmm. but it's like, wait, but she looks fit. She does. But we don't know what's going on, on the inside. We don't know what her diet is truly like. We don't know what's going on in her mind. We don't know, uh, what her stress is like. We don't know if she has other poor behaviors that are contributing to disease, you know, so there's so many things. Um, but exercise is one of the best ways to start. Um, it's, it's an easy way. It's free of charge to change your health. Like you don't need a gym or equipment to exercise. You have everything you need in your body to do so. Everything else you might need, you know, some investment, healthy food, you know, whatever. Um, but exercise is free and it's available to you. Right. We just got to do it. It'll keep you healthy, keep you alive. Especially walking. Walking is free. Super free. <laughs> so, so my next question. So on, on Caregiver's Hand Podcast, I, um, you know, I can look at my analytics and see like the age group of people who listen. And I actually have people like in a, a wide range, all, all age groups, but a lot of us are in the, in the 50 to 60 year old age group. And so what, so walking, walking is good, but is there anything else that you can suggest? Like if there's someone who's, you know, a, an older age and maybe they feel like it's too late for them or, you know, what mm -hmm. can I do or 
maybe I have arthritis, you know, is there just what can you suggest for our caregivers who are older, but still would like to do something as far as exercise? Right now, this is a great, great question because, um, you know, if you look online, it's all about how many push-ups and flying through the air and different kind of workout. <laughs> I'm 50. I, I mean, I, I'm young. I'm young. I'm a young person. I don't even want to do that. <laughs> you know, so I just, I just choose not to. But um, for sure, outside of cardio, like a regular walking cardio routine, caregivers, in, especially in this age group, are in a unique position because disease can uh, set in for for you. Um, and your body is break, starting to break down naturally. That's what happens, you know, the effects of aging. So to combat those things, we definitely want to make sure we're adding some form of resistance training routine, engaging the muscles, you know, so with cardio, cardio is all about the musculature of your heart and your vascular system. That's what it's taken care of. It does have some muscular component, but as far as building up the muscles for strength and endurance, it's not necessarily for that. So if there is time in your day, and I know time is a major barrier energy is a major barrier and lifting weights and, and doing resistance training does require a certain level of energy. Incorporate it at least two to three times a week. Looking at your schedule, especially if week to week, you kind of, you kind of know who you're caring for, what their schedule is like. Now it's time for you to identify where you can fit your time in to do some resistance training. And it doesn't have to be have to lift massive weight or access the gym. They're um, like, Amazon is my best friend. I get a lot of my workout equipment from Amazon. Um, getting a, a solid 10 pounds. You can do a lot with 10 pound dumbbells. Um, you can get a great workout. I think um, our previous governor here in California, Arnold, <laughs> back in his lifting days, uh, posted a video about a very intense resistance training workout he did with 10 pound dumbbells. And if Arnold, this big muscular guy, someone who we think is a, a pinnacle of, you know, fitness in the past, was able to get a good burn with 10 pound dumbbells, what? That should mm -hmm. tell you something that this is a powerful uh, set of weight. Um, so looking into different ways you can do that, getting some bands, um, working out those muscles week to week is going to help you increase strength, maintain the integrity of your muscles, because as we age, frailty is one of the things that, I mean, I try not to have too many fears, but one of my motivators to um, keep doing this lifestyle is I don't want to be frail. I want to maintain my independence because I like to hop on a plane and take a trip whenever I need to. Um, so I want to maintain those things. Those are valuable to me. And my independence is going to help with that, meaning I need to combat frailty. And frailty is a muscular and bone thing. What helps with muscles and bones? Resistance training. So incorporate some of those um, things into your day. But if time is the issue because it, it is when you're caregiving you are devoting a lot of time and then time also goes with energy um so if you are struggling to figure out oh i didn't get my workout in today i stephanie's such a resistance train i couldn't do it um <laughs> check, check in with, with yourself at, at the end of the day or maybe midday when you're noticing you're running out of that time truly running out of that time not your brain thinking that you are running out of time to tell you that, oh, you don't need to exercise today because you have no time when truly you probably do. Um, but do a daily check-in with yourself and do an assessment of needs. And that's what I tell a lot of my clients to do is just check in, okay, this is the desire that I have. I need to be healthy. 
But in fact, reality, this is my day. So what can I do that's going to give me the most impact of my day? Is there an opportunity to where I can just be on my feet a little longer? That way I can not be sedentary. Or should I make this a day all about my nutrition? Uh, if I can't get a good workout in, at least let me make really great choices with food. Or since I don't have a lot of time today and I know I need to get to sleep because Stephanie said sleep is important. That means <laughs> I need to go to bed at a decent time. I have now rerouted saying I may not have lack of time to exercise. I may have lack of time to exercise, but I don't have lack of time to get good quality sleep. So what's the trade-off? And making sure that trade-off has impact for the day, not feeding your excuse and feeding into, woe is me, I'm tired and have, you know, I have no energy, I have no time. No, okay, yes, that might be true, but what can I still do that can make the most impact reaching myself towards my goal and I still took care of my person, mm -hmm. you know? So it's just reassessment of the day. That, that's really huge. And this episode is not out yet, but episode, I think it's going to be episode 18 is going right in line with what you're talking about. And, and what I mean by that is one of the things she said is putting our name on the list. We all have a to-do list, but put mm -hmm. your name on the list. And that way it's a reminder of what you're supposed to do. But what I like about what you're saying is, um, so um, my back to the basics uh, theme is we're talk I'm talking about back to the basics. I, I personally feel like self-care, that there are basics of self-care and the basics are nutrition, sleep, and exercise. Those are the basics. Um, that's why we're talking about this. And then we're going to go on to mindset and spirituality. And it can be overwhelming, overwhelming trying to get your nutrition right and your sleep right, and your, like all of those things. And so I like what you're saying about choose for the day what you want to do. You may mm -hmm. hit all of those things. You may get all of those things, all of those things perfect. But even if you, if, you, if you don't choose one, like what is my focus going to be for the day? And I like that because yeah. I, um, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Right now, um, I'm really into nutrition. I have my exercise going, I have my walking, but my sleep, I, that is still, I'm really trying to, I ha I've gotten into the habit. I, I, to I, I told my listeners, I live in a house with three guys and they're all up late. Like I'm talking 12, one. <laughs> And I've gotten, to the bad, I've gotten to the habit of being up late like that. And I never used to be like, I'm a sleepyhead. I like to go to bed early and take naps. But I've, I've gotten into that habit. And so um, I'm really trying. So instead of me beating myself up that I haven't improved on that, I'm just really happy that I'm, I'm so ecstatic about going walking every day for six months like this. I have never done anything that long. Um, and I'm really excited about um, my nutrition. I've made some huge changes in my nutrition. And so um, I like that you're saying that. So I'm not, you know, I can't, I'm not going to beat myself up about my sleep. It's going to come because it's in my mind. I know I want to improve on it, but mm -hmm. for all of you listeners out there, yeah, we can't fix everything all at one time, especially like Stephanie said earlier, if we've been, if we've had this habit for a long time, we've been doing things this way for a long time, we can't fix everything, but just choose like, you know, one, one or two things that you can do for that day. Oh yeah. I, I, I adopt this um, thinking for myself. Cause you know, a lot of people think that I just, you know, live in workout clothes. <laughs> it's like, I go to bed, I take naps. Like my first thought in the day after work is I can't wait to go to sleep. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I have to combat some of those behaviors too, of what I truly desire, which is to be in nap time all the time. 
you know, but because the days are so busy, you never know. But all I know is today, I know, you know, super tip, map out your day and putting how that uh, person said on the other episode, putting yourself on the list. Okay, if my desire was to exercise today and I could not get there, what was my food like? Like, you know, it's mm -hmm. so it, it's always opportunity to improve our physical health. It's not always going to be what we might set out to do, but there's opportunity. Um, and I think the discouraging part is like, oh, I set out to do this and it didn't happen. Okay, well, shift. Yeah. <laughs> figure, figure something else out. You know, you have the ability to move and, and to do things and to change your mind. And 2020, like I've heard this word so many times, pivot. Pivot your day. Yeah. <laughs> else like okay I missed my call time to exercise and now to do this it's not okay well I gotta eat I gotta go to bed sometimes so I can I can improve there and then start again the next day exercise isn't going anywhere yeah. it's here I can get yeah. home and, I, and our caregivers need to hear that because we already um me included caregivers are already in the habit of taking care of everybody else and forgetting about themselves um, and a lot of it's because if you're taking care of someone, they need to be taken care of. So a lot of it is just that, but also it's because we are, we're caring people and we just put everyone else first. And so, you know, we have to remember to take care of ourselves. And so doing it in, in little bites like that is helpful. And I think, um, it, it kind of, so you kind of talked about this a little bit, but like I've, I heard that if people don't have a lot of time, you can do, um, uh, like walking or even your weight bearing type things in like 10 minute increments throughout the day. Like if you, if you don't have a full hour to set aside to work out or 30 minutes in a row, <laughs> you know, you can do like little small increments. Yes. Oh yes. Um, if anything, that has shown to be more beneficial or just as beneficial rather, you know, so it's like if you, plan, okay, tonight after work, I'm going to do 30 minutes of exercise or I'm going to exercise for an hour. So in the future of the day, you set this out. But like we know in, in the industry of caregiving and you're just a working person in general, somebody who's a full schedule and you put exercise towards the end, how likely is it that you're going to fulfill that commitment on the day if it's at the end? But if I know that I have, I have a lunch break. My lunch break at my job is one hour. I don't need an hour to eat. I don't. Mm -hmm. So let me break up two, two halves. So I have 30 minutes to eat and 30 minutes to exercise. And there's a gym at my job. I, I, I literally have no excuse. Okay. So I'm just talking about <laughs> for people who, who, who need some strategies and some tips here. So it's like, how likely is it that I'm actually going to honor what I put on my list of exercise at the end of the day? But research and and uh, tips that are out there they are showing that small bouts throughout the day can have so much benefit so if we're talking i have an issue with energy if i got up to move my body if i'm a little bit drowsy at my workstation or we're sitting here at the doctor's office i'm getting drowsy you know i i, I get sick of waiting let me just get up and walk around let me do some squats let me do some calf raises let me stretch my body and move it and then boom you have some energy going on in your body you just increased more oxygen flowing through which gives you energy you raised a little bit of some blood sugar for energy in the body so your body's like okay we got energy back we're good we're good we're good um so spread it out 10 minutes here in the morning 10 in the afternoon 10 in the evening 15 and 15 or if you truly like that hour-long workout 15 15 15 15 15 <laughs> 
you know, keep your, keeping your body in movement throughout the day is powerful. Um, I know a lot of, uh, one of my coworkers, she, I love her. She'll, I just, I'll just see her get up and just do this. Like just pace back and forth. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm in a competition with my friend. I just saw that he got, he's ahead of me by five steps. <laughs> get up and walk around so there are ways to make it fun get into groups that are promoting movement that way you're more likely to move your body because now you have one competition I don't know anybody who doesn't get a little good friendly competition and then two you have peers who are promoting healthy behaviors with you you're encouraged by seeing someone else and in um, kinesiology we call this creating an, an empathic experience and so when we see um, someone celebrating a health, a fitness goal, weight loss goal, we do, depending on our own personal, mental, and emotional health, we will see this in one of two ways. We'll see it as, oh, I'm jealous. I wish I can do that. Or, oh my gosh, like, why isn't that me? And the other, uh, other view would be, wow, like, that's amazing. I can do that too. Mm. If she can do it, I can do it. And so getting around people who are like-minded in that aspect, um, a exercising group, your spouse, a friend, or even the person that you're giving care to, because a lot of times exercise is prescribed um, for that uh, person's uh, plan of care. Doing it with them, that's going to make them adhere to their care. And then now you are exercising on the job. So you just got in your 30 minutes. So incorporating those kinds of things and figuring out that strategy versus I have to get to the gym. Already I made it at the end of the day. I'll just stick to that so I can get through everything else. There's no rules to it. Your body just wants to move. It craves it. Just give it what it needs and then go sit back down. <laughs> you know, yeah. it definitely can be spread out. Same benefits. Well, now since I'm retired and my, my time is a little, I, I used to work 12 hour shifts. So it was hard to, you know, come up with a routine. And then I was always working overtime. And um, the last part of my career as an informatics nurse, so the whole, we were um, in charge of the whole computer system for the whole medical center. So if the computers went down, we had to stay late or we had to go in at night. It was, it was bad. So now since I retired, my time's a little better. So we were, um, trying to all go walking together as a family my husband doesn't like to work with walk with me because he said I go too slow <laughs> or or he there there's one time he would walk with me and then get me back home and then he would go out and do I guess like his real his real walk so we all go together but I one of my sons one of the reasons I'm doing so like right now is because one of my sons will not let me like I'll be like oh it's cold today he's like put on a jacket I'm right. Like, oh no, it looks like it's gonna rain. Well, it's not raining yet. Like it's like uh -huh. there are so many times that I would have been like, oh, not today. Like, you know, for whatever a myriad of reasons, but he is not letting me like that. That's to be honest, that's the only reason I've been consistent this whole six months. It's because every little excuse I throw out there, he's just like, uh-uh, no, we're yeah. walking. And so um I'm, I'm actually, I am so grateful for him. I keep telling him that I'm so grateful for him because I, I wouldn't, mm -hmm. I mean, it's sad to say that I, 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 I just don't, didn't, wouldn't have that because it's because again, exercise is just not my thing. So I, I would um, recommend everyone get an accountability buddy, somebody who's going to be like, nope, you're going to do it. Um, even with my podcast, at least at some point, I'm going to tell that story. Even with my podcast, that's um, how like someone just like kicked me in the butt and was like, nope, you're going to do it. <laughs> you know, cause I would have been like, oh, well, that was, that was from fear though. So that's kind of different than walking. Walking is just, you know, or exercising is just, it's just not something I think about 
but once I start doing it, you know, I, I I'm, I'm enjoying it. And like I said, with Zumba, I loved it. And with Zumba, I really got into it because you were talking about your friend with steps. Like we were, I was always trying to get my 10,000 steps in. And, and I started thinking about that just now as you're talking about the increments, because I knew that when I was at work, I knew my office was not inside of the main hospital building. And I knew that if I walked to the hospital two times at some point throughout the day, and then did my one hour of Zumba that I would have my 10,000 steps. And so if I didn't, mm -hmm. um, especially because if we were doing like a, sometimes at the hospital, they would have like teams competing, you know, against each other. I would, um, when I was at home and we were watching TV in the evening, I would stand up and I would just be walking or doing, you know, trying to get those because I might be down by like 200 steps. And mm -hmm. so um, I think the competition piece is like a good thing because it's like I knew I had to get it because I was on a team. I don't want to let my team down. So that part is good. Right. So something that you said actually is a great thing. You, you, the goal was 10,000 steps and that seems a lot. Just like how I have to, the benefit with exercise, I have to get 150 minutes per week. But you calculate, you shorten it down to, okay, if I walk to the hospital twice and they did one hour Zumba. So now that 10,000 steps doesn't feel like a lot. So now you're going to walk two times, do Zumba, mm -hmm. you know, and so it's telling your mind, oh, I can do three things versus 10,000 things. Right, and right. So it's, a, it's a psychological thing. Um, right. So I, I definitely want to highlight that, that there are ways to not overwhelm us with our healthy lifestyle. Like there are life hacks and it's just about, switching the mind to to executing right true all right so um as we wrap up i just wanted to so you know this episode is about self-care um because as caregivers we just self-care is huge self-love just loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves as much as we take care of our loved one um and how much you know we love them and take care of them but we need to do the same with ourselves and so um, can you just discuss, in your opinion, the importance of exercise as part of a self-care routine? And I don't know if maybe there's like one overall statement that you want to say to the caregivers regarding exercise and self-care. Yeah, um, sure. I And I'll just, you know, start with this. I'm a very blunt individual when it comes to these topics because um, I, I don't like to sugarcoat things, especially working in, in the healthcare field and seeing um, disease and how it weighs down on people. And when I saw that, I said, that, I said, that will never be me. And um, so that, that's the why. I mean, of course, like, you know, helping others, but there's, there should be a personal connection to you caring for someone who is ill, who <coughs> have, uh, you know, who are not, who are not able who, who have lost that independence, who need you to help them. And if there's no other motivating factor to get you to exercise or to get you to take care of yourself, let it be that. Do you want to be sitting next to this person that you care for? Waiting for somebody to care for both of you. Do you want to be, uh, do you want to be a part of that statistic? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be the person in the wheelchair? Do you want to be the person in the back seat of the car? Um, while someone's taking you to your appointments, or do you want to take yourself? Do you want to walk there yourself? Do you just want to have annual wellness visits versus multiple follow-ups throughout the year to see if your cocktail of medication is working? You know, and you see the the heaviness on the patient, on the person you're caring for, because you see it on their face. They 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 don't have as much color to their cheeks anymore. They are moody. 
they're depressed, they are mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes. I mean, uh, sometimes you get really sweet individuals um, who love you and are appreciative, but then you also have the, the downside of, of this life. And I, I looked at it as like, I don't want that. I don't want to be that patient. I don't want to be that uh, person on my family or a caregiver. And um, one of the things that my, my entire goal was, I was like, my job should not exist. So if I can hustle and educate and teach people how to do this to get rid of my job, then I feel like I won in the health industry. Everybody's going to know that exercise is medicine for their body. I must eat well to take care of my body. I must get sleep. I must take care of my mind my soul, my spiritual health, my financial health, occupational, social, I must be a healthy and fit individual so that I can do X, Y, Z. And with caregiving, you know, it kind of beat this statement, you know, like a beating a dead horse, you know, like caregiving, yes, is about others. Um, but if I can't care for others, you know, if I'm not caring for myself, you know, we say that, but do we really practice it? Like we know it, it's cool to say, it's like, oh yes, amen. And we mm -hmm. might write it down, but you know, inspiration without action is nothing. If you don't act on the notes that you take in the day or what you've learned and what has inspired you, it, it's void. It means nothing the next day if there's no action on it. Um, so part of your self-care is honoring your body because your body is the vehicle to take care of somebody else. So if I'm not healthy here, I can't push your wheelchair. I can't open your door and get you out the car to walk you into the doctor's appointment if I'm not energized, strengthened, have my own stamina. And then once I clock out, I can't give it to my family. Now my family's affected. Then I'm going to buy something online that I don't need. Now my finances are affected. Mm -hmm. My strategies are more numbing than they are helpful. So if all I can do is start with exercise and honor my body so I can take care of somebody's body, I've won for the day. And then awesome. let it be, you become addicted. And then you're going to be like, oh, Stephanie, I'm a fitness freak. I'm like, yes, wonderful. Tell somebody else. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is, I'm going to have to listen to this over and over. That was, that was huge. And it, it, it's huge for a couple of reasons. Simply all of you caregivers, I hope you heard her. Self-care is honoring your body. Honoring your body, self-love. Just like I talk about all the time, love yourself, take care of yourself. But um, also, so I'm a registered nurse. I've been in healthcare for 38 years. And there are so many of healthcare, including myself, who are unhealthy. We're in healthcare, but we're unhealthy. And part of that is because we don't practice self-care. And I, I feel like I, I know what health means and I know what causes you to be unhealthy. But for some reason in healthcare, we get into this routine of working overtime. I did, I worked overtime for many, many years. Um, and I think, I think just, uh, you know, because I'm a, I'm a caregiver of a loved one now, but as a nurse, I consider that a professional caregiver. And again, caregivers have this mentality of giving everything to everyone else and we ne neglect ourselves. And I honestly didn't understand self-care the way that I understand it now all those years. Yeah. I think if I understood it the way that I do now, I would have been honoring my body more. I would have been taking better care of myself. And mm -hmm. I thought I was taking care of myself, but not, not in the way that I understand it now. And mm -hmm. um, along with that, our, our doctors sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes 
they, they kind of don't honor that either. They kind of just want to give you a medication to cover up the symptoms, right? Or, I mean, yeah. it's not healing is what I'm no. saying. There is something there. Um, the medical profession is starting to go more into functional medicine. Um, and so for a lot, that's kind of like a doctor to, in my mind, I look at it as a doctor and a naturopath kind of combined. And so for those of you who don't know what functional medicine is, these doctors are, um, instead of saying here, here's a blood pressure medication, they're going to look at your whole body and be like, why do you have blood pressure in the first place? Instead of us just giving you something to bring your blood pressure down, what's, what's causing this blood pressure? So they're basically Look, so if you have a tree and there's roots, they're going to look at those roots and see what's wrong down here that's bringing forth this illness and this disease. And so I'm, I just wish I knew all of that, um, you know, many years ago. I'm really happy that I'm, I'm practicing self-care now and that I understand it now. And for all of you guys who are listening, you get to learn now, especially for all of you young people um, or even for the older people, you can start making some changes now. But I just... I love what you just said. I love how you said it. And I love how, you know, the, the umbrella is self-care is honoring your body. There's just no better way to look at it than that. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, I think along with you and our functional medicine coming up and us understanding self-care that we are going to have a, a healthier uh, generation coming up and all of us, yeah who are here now will begin to be healthy and um awesome i love that yeah absolutely. it's it's coming you know we're getting sicker and healthier at the same time so we just gotta get the healthier side to kind of yeah go a little bit faster you know but yeah. it, it's happening and um like how you said how functional medicine is kind of taking over the conversation and um, even there's an initiative, it's called Exercises Medicine, it's with the American College of Sports Medicine, and their, their fight is to get exercise on the script pad mm. to actually prescribe exercise as a part of the medicine, you know, medicinal care. Um, and so I tell people that exercise treats the actual disease. It, it's not just covering a symptom. It's working for you to heal you. Um, same thing with nutrition and stress management and it's attacking how you got here versus what came from it. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for it. And like, I'm still on that mission. I'm trying to eliminate health coaching because we, now we all know and hold on to that. Like it, it's good. Um, but just kind of bringing more people onto that fight of now I know we know leafy greens are good for you because your mama told you at the dinner table to eat your green beans, eat your vegetables and drink water. Right. We know. Yeah. But now it's like, I don't have an excuse now. I know now it's time to execute and, and make it happen. Mm -hmm. um, so you can run around with your grandkids, great grandkids when you're 95. I'm like, wow, you're still playing golf at 95? Mm -hmm. You still yeah. dry? What? <laughs> you know, yeah. so yeah. That, that's who I want to be. I want to be that grandma who can still get down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the goal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, sometimes people, I don't think they think about the difference that of you can be 85 and you can be 85. You can be 85 and still be doing all the things you just spoke of, but you can also be 85 and not have a good quality of life. And so that's what we're all striving for is to have 
um, a better quality of life. So no matter what our age, we want to feel good at that age. We don't want to just, you know, be here and be in pain or be sickly. So regardless. So now I'm like, what kind of 85 do I want to be? Um, and that comes down to what I'm doing now at 31, 32. So my 85 year old self is going to thank Stephanie here in 2021. Like, you know what? I'm this way because I made a decision 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm here doing this today. And you'd be surprised how, and how quickly it can happen. Um, you know, it could take six months. It could take three. I've seen it happen in three. I've seen diabetes change in three months. You know, it, it's just a decision every day. It's not a decision. Oh, in 90 days, I'm going to be better. No, I, I decide today I'm going to be better. I don't know about tomorrow. Yeah. Who cares about yesterday? Today, yeah. <laughs> I'm making the decision. And then I do the same decision the next day when I wake up. I decide today I'm going to honor my body in some way. These are my three options. One of those three options has to happen. Okay, yeah. cool. Let's, let's get it. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. If all three happen, great. If two happen, wonderful. If I got one in, perfect. If zero out of three happen, give myself grace, go to bed, and then I start again the next day. Very good. All right. So thank you. I hope we come back because you can, you can come back and visit Caregiver's Haven podcast because you, you have a ton of knowledge. And I think it's um, something that can really, really help our caregivers um, while they're taking care of someone else. And well, before we go, do you have any... Um, programs or do you have anything that you want to let our audience know that you have available? Sure. Um, So I do have a um, fitness journal. I wrote this during quarantine. Um, Just something that I was struggling to do because I was, I was affected mentally and emotionally by quarantine. And um, so I was like, let me just put my energy into something. So I created this fitness journal. It is the living fit daily journal daily because it, recall this is a daily decision so I just added in of course the daily journal inserts um, mapping out your workout routine cardio I even had some happy faces so you can rate your mood like how was it how did you feel when you worked out and be honest with it the more honest you are the better off you're going to be um, some quotes and then the next page is about your nutrition and your checking in on your mental health mapping out how your nutrition was did you get water did you actually make good choices today? Yes or no? And that's all it is. It's a yes or no question. No in between. And then a piece about reflection and um, a statement about the most important thing that you love about your body. Like I absolutely love my body today because, mm-hmm. um, and reinforce love back into the soul part of your body and it's going to respond to you even better, um, helping you reach those goals. So I have that uh, fitness journal, uh, get it share it with a friend um, you can access it on my instagram um, at stephanie marie hill at stephanie marie hill okay i'll have to put that in the notes too for everyone so i'm going to get one of those because i think it's going to help me and i really like the smiling face part because i kind of want to see if there's a pattern because there are some days when i when i'm like i'm going walking and no problem but then when i get there i'm just like like the whole time i'm just like oh my gosh and then by the second time around i'm good like i I feel better but i'm just i just want to see like what's happening on some of those days where i'm just like i'm just walking and other days i'm just like oh my god can this be over (laughs) yeah that that happens to me um kind of often especially with quarantine because i was struggling so 
often mentally and emotionally, um, but still making, so it's important to still make the decision to exercise. So if you, if you can push through, make the decision to exercise because you're still offsetting the negative effects of stress that can go on inside of our body. So exercise is almost like you just took a pill for it, you know, mm -hmm. it. Um, and then looking at those patterns, why a journal is so important. Uh, you can see, Oh, I've had a couple of days in a row where I felt kind of bleh, blah, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. why What was going on in the day? What was going on with me? And that reflection piece at the end is important to note too, that we are like, Oh, I was struggling in these areas. Yay for still exercising. I got it in, but this tells me I need to do some exercising in my mind, exercising mm -hmm. emotions, and maybe talking to somebody about this. This is ongoing. I've been feeling this way. Oh, now it's two weeks, three weeks. Should I seek counseling or therapy or am I needing friend time, a girl's night? Where is my stressor at? Um, even though I'm making healthy decisions and choices with moving my body or even eating well. So nutrition and fitness through exercise can still be solid a plus for the day, but your mind and, and soul are, are still struggling. And that's how, you know, I need to seek out other interventions because this is ongoing. And that's the power of journaling to see your particular patterns because we have that fence up to where we don't really see our behaviors or we're in denial of it. But if mm -hmm. you wrote it down, you can't deny that that's what you felt yesterday. You wrote it down. Mm -hmm. that, that was your truth moment. I can't say, oh, I can't rat. I'm a rationalize it. Like I wasn't really feeling that way. No, Stephanie, you were mad and sad and depressed yesterday. Admit it. First yeah. step. <laughs> I was depressed yesterday. I've been depressed for a couple weeks. Maybe I should talk to somebody. I don't have a handle on this. I need a, a more objective viewpoint. A, a, a pen, I call it the penthouse view to my life mm -hmm. versus on the third floor. I need someone else to come in and see a bigger picture and help me out. So get the journal. Um, if you have a journal, use it. Um, don't just let it sit there. Definitely use it. Okay. Love it. Love it. I will be getting one of those. So it's called, the, was it the fitness journal? Is that living fit daily journal? Can you show it to us again? Yep. It's right here. It's um, oh, like a blue nice. mm -hmm. okay. living fit daily journal. All right, and I'll I will um, when I uh, talk when I put the show notes up for this post, I will put your um, Instagram handle in there so that people can go in there and order it if they're interested. Yeah. All right, thank you so much. This was awesome. Um, I really hope it has helped someone out there. I know that um, as caregivers, we struggle with making time for ourselves, and as we can see from this episode, exercise is a huge part of our self care. Um, it's, it's part of one of my back to the basics, and I hope that it has helped all of you guys tremendously. Um, I think Stephanie gave like a lot, a lot of gems in there. So I thank you so much for coming. Um, I hope you can join us again sometime. And yes, absolutely. We know. <laughs> and thanks for sharing that fitness journal. I think that's awesome. Of course. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you. You can find Sandra on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Caregivers Haven. If you enjoy listening to Caregivers Haven podcast, please share, subscribe, follow, and favorite.